today I want to draw us to one of the chapters and verses that are very uh, popular in the ministry of Jesus. At a certain time, the uh, disciples, by that time they were still disciples before they were apostles, they came to him and they said, Master, please teach us how to pray. There are so many reasons why they could have asked him the same thing because they asked Jesus to teach them how to pray when they had walked with Jesus for a certain uh, period of time. And I, I, I can imagine what gave them this uh, question or this demand rather to say, Jesus, please teach us how to pray. From my own imagine, imagination, I can think maybe they saw that the way Jesus prayed yielded results. Maybe they saw that the way Jesus prayed was efficient. Maybe they saw the way Jesus prayed and they envied him. But they came to a place where they said, Master, teach us how to pray. And from the moment they were taught how to pray, it sort of changed and uh, transformed their prayer lives because down later in the book of Acts, we see them praying without ceasing. We see them praying in the upper room, even when there was no sign of good things to come, but they kept on praying. So I believe that if we learn from the way Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, we can also master and overcome in our prayer rooms. I'm going to read from the book of Mark, chapter number 11, verse number 24. It says, Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. I can put myself in the feet of the disciples as they are being told by Jesus that whatsoever you ask, whatsoever, there is no limit, there is no limitation, there is no barrier, there is no uh, amount, uh, minimum uh, amount or maximum amount. He say, they say, he says, whatsoever you shall ask, which means that whatever we ask from God, he shall give us. There is nothing too small or too big for God. And I believe that after Jesus had said this, they wondered how they could use this uh, advantage of being told that whatsoever they can ask, they can be given. That is why they came to him and said, Jesus, we understand that whatsoever we are going to ask, we shall be given. And after they have been taught and told this, they asked themselves, how then do we pray and receive whatsoever we shall ask and receive whatsoever we have asked for? I want to turn our attention to the book of Matthew, chapter number 6, verse number 5 to 13. It's quite a common scripture that we learned from uh, primary school to secondary school to from Sunday school. It's a scripture that is very popular. The Bible says, now Jesus is speaking to the disciples. He says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen by men. By men. I tell you the truth, they have reached, received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you even ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. 
But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. And I I began to look at this verse and there are key points that I want us to see as Jesus is teaching the disciples. The first thing that Jesus did when he is teaching the disciples on how to pray, he opens and he says, "Our Father who is in heaven." I like the fact that Jesus addresses God as our Father. And I believe everyone understands the role of a father in one's life. So Jesus begins to point out to the disciples that as you are coming before God, I don't want you to treat God as a stranger. I don't want you to treat God just as a high figure who is above in the heavens, but I want you to come before God as your father. And we know how how we are dear to our fathers. Every father who has brought a child into the world whether it's a boy or it's a girl, they have so much love for their child that they could do anything I can even picture in my life my parents could do anything for me to have good education. My parents could do anything for me to sleep with food in my stomach and a roof over my head. And Jesus even speaks at a time and he says you as evil as you are you give good gifts to your children. How more your heavenly father who is in heaven. So again Jesus stresses the fact that God is our father. And as we are starting to pray we need to understand and approach him with the sense that he is our father that is why Jesus begins to say as you pray come and say our father Jesus teaches us to address God as our father because as we are addressing our father we have a right to certain things as you are a parent or as you are a child you know that if there is no food on the table you have the right to ask your parents and ask them where is the food i cannot sleep on an empty stomach This is the same that Jesus is teaching us and he says as we are addressing our father we need to know that we have the right as sons to come and ask him to come and 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 ask our heavenly father because he will do everything for us. Jesus didn't say dear lord or dear El Shaddai or dear Yahweh he says our heavenly father who is in heaven which means that there is a place which is different from where we are which is why Jesus mentions it because it is special otherwise you just have said our father he is our father who is in the heavenly places i'll come to that later but i want us to focus on the fact that he is our father we are rightful heirs we we are uh, core uh, heirs with Jesus in the kingdom of god so we have every right to ask for everything that we want number 2 As Jesus says our father he says hallowed be your name several time we see the name of God being held this denotes that defy, d- despite the differences that we have or the misbalance in the things uh, that we carry or the misbalance in our lives God still remains God and his name deserves to be praised and held that is why Jesus says our father who art in heaven or our father who is in the heavenly places hallowed be your name as we come before God Jesus is teaching the disciples and it goes further even unto us that as we are coming before God as we pray and call our father who is in heaven we praise him we praise him even if things are going right we praise him even if we don't have what we've been asking for we praise him and as we are praising him we begin to receive the things that we are praying for because we are praising him in the midst of calamities we are praising him in the midst of lack which shows our level of faith and devotion towards him whether things are right we still praise god i like the man called job as he is being tested 
he, everything has been taken from him. He wakes up and he begins to sing and praise the Lord. And he says, though he slays me, yet will I praise him. Which is the same thing that Jesus is teaching us that no matter the circumstances, God is still God and he deserves to be praised. Number three, God, uh, Jesus says, may your kingdom come. May your kingdom come. Several times we are exhorted about the kingdom of God. And after we have known the mystery of the kingdom of God, we should see the manifestation. So Jesus, he says that may your kingdom come. Because in the kingdom of God, there is no lack. In the kingdom of God, there is no sorrow. In the kingdom of God, there is no, there is no pain. In the kingdom of God, there is no sadness. So he says, as we are praying, we should seek the kingdom of God. That is why at a certain time, Jesus said that, seek ye the kingdom of God and these things should be added later. So we see Jesus putting a hierarchy of things that we should be focusing on as we are praying. We should focus on the kingdom of God because what happens in the kingdom of God? The book of Revelation tells us that in the heavenly places, uh, the 24 elders, uh, they bow down and they begin to worship and cry to God. And he tells us that there is no sorrow. They are worshiping God and enjoying in the presence of God. And this is the same kingdom that we are supposed to be seeking so that the kingdom may come in our lives. Uh, he goes on to say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I like the part number four that says, thy will be done. We are taught to pray for his will to be done, which shows that we are merely working towards alignment so that we can collide with his will. The Bible in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, it says that, it says that for I know the plans that I have for you, the plans to give you an expected end, which means that God's will upon our lives is for us to live in prosperity and manifest the expected end that he has spoken upon our lives. So as we are crying and praying to God, the Bible tells us that whatsoever you shall pray and ask for, it shall be uh, made manifest. And sometimes we don't see uh, these things that we are praying for being made manifest because we don't know how we ought to pray. So as Jesus is teaching us, he tells us to seek his kingdom. He, tell us, he tells us to, to pray for his kingdom to come. And he even teaches us for us to pray for the will of God to be done because God wants good for us. The Bible even tells us as Jesus is teaching the disciples again about prayer. He says, as evil as you are, you give good gifts to your children. What more the heavenly father? He says, if you pray to God for fish, he's not going to give you a snake. If you pray to God for bread, he's not going to give you stone, which means that the will of God is the best thing that we can seek for in our lives, which means that as we pray and we pray and cry for the will of God to be done in our lives, all good things that are due to us are made manifest. Number five, Jesus says, as it is in heaven, as it is in heaven, there is a difference between what is happening on earth and what is in heaven. Jesus is telling us that what is happening on earth is not supposed to be happening on heaven. That is why we should pray for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the good thing is that our Father is in the heavenly places. As Jesus taught us to pray, the first thing he says, Our Father who art in heaven. And as our Father is in heaven, we are entitled and guaranteed to receive all the things that are in heaven. Ephesians as well tells us that now praise be to God who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. And as we are approaching God who is our Father who is in the heavenly places, He is holding our blessings that are in the heavenly places, which means you and I, there is a will of God that He has spoken upon our lives. And as we are praying for that will to come, 
come, we should seek for everything of us that is in the heavenly places to be manifested on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus begins to tell us that sometimes as we are praying, we are not praying to fulfill the will of God. Sometimes we are praying amiss. That is why he begins to teach us to focus on our Father who is in heaven. He teaches us to begin to approach God as our Father. He teaches us to begin to pray for the kingdom of God to come. He, teaches, he begins to teach us for us to focus on the will of God to, to happen in our lives. He begins to teach us on how to connect with the blessings of God that are in the heavenly places. Because I believe that each and every one of us have a blessing that God has said upon our lives and that ble those blessings are in the heavenly places. And all that we need is for us to reach for those blessings that are in the heavenly places to be manifested in our lives. And how does this happen? We pray to God and say, Our Father, may your will be done as it is in heaven. May it be done on earth. I'm here to say to somebody, you need to change the way you pray and begin to follow the model that Jesus has said and when you begin to follow the model as the disciples were taught by Jesus we are going to begin to see victory in our lives we are going to be begin to see victory in our prayer room and our war room because God is going to begin to guide us and God is going to begin to unleash each and everything that is for us in the heavenly places so I am here to encourage you and say begin to go before God begin to call upon the name of Jesus and say Jesus teach me to pray and as you begin to follow these principles as Jesus is teaching us to pray, you are going to begin to see victory. You are going to be, begin to see manifestation. You are going to begin to see the will of God being done in your life. And I'm leaving this with you, this challenge with you to say, just go back and begin to change the way that you pray and focus on God. Begin to change the way you approach God. Don't approach God as if you are a servant. Don't approach God as if you are you have been sidelined. Don't approach God as if you, you don't qualify but begin to pray and seek and face God as your heavenly father i know there are so many things that we want but i want to encourage you to begin to pray and seek for the will of god to be done in your life because god knows the will that he has said upon your life to give you a prosperous prosperous end to give you an expected end and i leave this with you and i say begin to learn how to pray and pray as jesus told the disciples you are going to begin to see victory in your life may god bless you for watching this video don't forget to comment like subscribe and share the link with others tune in for more videos that are coming ahead. God bless you.